Hi, I'm Jerry Bingham, your host of Hush Loudly, Introverts Redefined on CAN TV. Thank you for joining us again, where we talk all about introversion. The goal is to educate and to empower everyone about the power of introverts and all that we bring to the world. And I am happy to introduce a new guest I'm really excited to have here today to talk about listening, which is a skill that we all need, I think introverts possess. Um, and so we're going to get in deep talking about listening. And so I'd like to introduce you to Dr. John G. Igwebike, who is the founder of the Lead Listening Institute. So John, tell us about you. First of all, are you an introvert? I am an introvert. Indeed, I am. And thank you for asking that question. And how or when did you know or did you hear this term? Tell us a little bit about that. I, it was a gradual understanding. And I think my realization uh, came to bear after I saw the TED Talk by Susan Cain. Yes. Uh, the Power of Introverts. Yes. And that really put things in perspective for me. And it gave me an opportunity to look back on my life. And finally, I said, that's it. Yes. I always knew something was different, peculiar. And that video and watching it over and over again, I said, she's spot on. I'm an introvert. I've always been an introvert, even though I may have mastered um, how to navigate an extroverted world and a world that rewards us for being extroverted and outspoken and gregarious. Deep down inside, at my core, I was most at peace when I was by myself, when I was at the library. I'm the type of person I realize that is literally energized by silence. <laughs> yes. Yes, I get it. I, I get it. For example, as we're recording, today's a Saturday. And I relish Saturdays because it's an opportunity for me to go to a library. <laughs> and I can get there early in the morning and I could be there all day. Me and the books. For me, time flies when I'm by myself. <laughs> for some people, it flies when they're having fun. Fun for me is being able to be in silence and meditation and contemplation. And so I know I gave you a long-winded answer, but that's how I came about it. Was uh, I got to give credit to Susan Kane. So shout out to Susan Kane, and for those who do not know who she is, uh, she is the author of a book called "Quiet: The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking." Thank you. And what John is talking about is her TED Talk. She's done several TED Talks, and she has mm -hmm. several books, including her latest book, "Bittersweet," um, which you have to read if you haven't. But she, her TED Talk, which I say is for people who are not readers, it's, it's the most amazing 17 minutes of your life. Mm -hmm. 
Her book was life-changing for me mm-hmm. when I came across it after having an assessment through a company, and they were like, you're an introvert. And, then I, and I was like, is that what it is? Ain't <laughs> like, Because I'm just thinking I'm a weirdo. You know, I don't like doing a, you know, I don't want to be bothered with all of that stuff people want to do. And then I started doing my research and eventually found her book. And when I read it, it was just like, what? <laughs> What? What? Oh, so you feel the same or you felt the same thing. So shout out to uh, to Susan Kane, who actually introduced us. So that is another shout out to Miss Susan Kane. Um, so now that we got that, we covered that. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and then let's jump into the Lee Listening Institute. By all means, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. And I graduated from St. Francis de Sales High School. I'm a Buckeye, went to Ohio State, had the privilege to do graduate work there as well. Um, Also graduated from law school at Indiana University in uh, Indianapolis. I was uh, fortunate to also be a college professor. I was a law professor at uh, a university in Mississippi, taught for about 22, 21 Alcorn. years. Right, Alcorn. Yes, mm-hmm. at Alcorn. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then had the opportunity while I was at Alcorn to also found an organization for young people, young college students, um, on, called the Lead Listening Society. Okay. Which is an outgrowth of the Lead Listening Institute. The Lead Listening Institute is dedicated to um, educating individuals on the positive power of effective listening. Uh, according to the International Listening Association, maybe two in 100 people have ever had any course, any class, any seminar attended a conference on effective listening. And given that dearth, two in 100, uh, the, the Lee Listening Institute is trying to increase the number of people who have encountered and embraced the positive power of listening. So we do that through workshops, seminars, launching a conference, uh, YouTube videos, and the Lead Listening Society, where one can literally join an organization with the focus on improving their listening skills. Okay, so there's <laughs> so much here to unpack. Um, the society, so I could become a member of the society and I will be introduced to resources and tools that will keep my listening game where it should be, because I think I'm a good listener, but... You're saying you're going to make me a better listener. Yes, I okay. and fellow members in the society okay. together will go on the quest and the journey to becoming better listeners. And so how did this come about? Thank you. Well, again, the world is full of talkers. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and I, I realized that the talkers need listeners, right? That's one of the reasons why they, they, they're Uh, are talking. So I wanted to form an organization to help individuals cultivate, become aware of the art, the skill, and the praxis of effective listening. And so we started it at the university 
We've also have one here at Alcorn State. Um, excuse me, one at uh, Saint Ignatius College Prep. Shout out to Saint Ignatius. <laughs> I am a graduate of Saint Ignatius College Prep, ten seventy six West Roosevelt Road. I'm not going to tell you the year I graduated, but I am a proud graduate and a, a, a member of the Wolf Pack. Okay, so back off of me and back to you. Uh, I remember you saying that listening is sort of like one of the greatest skills that people don't really teach. Yes. Um, so tell us more about, let's get deeper into this. How can you teach someone to listen without giving away any of your trade secrets? Uh. Is there anything that you can kind of share that we can, that our listeners might, it might be meaningful for our listeners today? Yes, by all means. And to your your query about um, what do I mean by listening is one of the greatest skills never taught. Just step back and uh, take a look at your amazing life. You're a highly accomplished person. You're a podcaster. You're a television personality. You're an administrator at a university. You've done amazing things. And I wonder... Have you ever had a class that taught you how to write? You'd likely yes, say yes. Tons. Have you ever had a class that taught you how to read? Yes, tons. Have you ever had a class that taught you oral communications or public speaking? Yes. Now, have you ever had a class that taught you how to listen with compassion, with empathy, with understanding to another human being? Very few individuals have ever had such a class. Millions of students will graduate from high school today or this year and never take this class. Millions of graduates will graduate from college, never have a class on how to cultivate empathy through the skill of effective listening. One could go through graduate school, professional school. One could go through marital counseling and never get any training on how to hear another human being with the depth, with understanding, with compassion. Because of the realization that this is one of the greatest skills not taught, we decided that we needed to do something in order to change that. And hence, we came up with the the Lead Listening Institute and the Lead Listening Society. So we're trying to literally cultivate more listeners one ear at a time. How do we know that people aren't listening? Well, that's the thing. It's uh, uh, individualistic. It's, it's up to the individual. Yes. It's a matter of having the conversation and understanding our own listening style. And then the listening style of the person with whom we're communicating. One of the things I, I often do is I'll ask an individual, how do you like to be heard? Just asking that question, how do you like to be heard, allows two individuals to engage in a conversation that more likely than not, they've never had. I think a lot of times we are listening to people the way we want to be listened to as opposed to listening to an individual from their point of view. And that's the essence of powerful listening. So asking that question and then allowing the person the opportunity to share it 
can be powerful to any um, relationship. How do people respond to that? When you say, how would you like to be heard or how do you like to be heard? What's the common response that you'll get? That's a great question. The most common response is this. I've never thought of that question. I've never been asked, asked that question. That question. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to respond to that question because I've never pondered the question. And that response, that common response indicates to me that there's such a lack of listening to other people. There's such a lack of focus on the art and skill of listening that most many individuals have not even pondered how they would appreciate being heard. This is just, this is so deep. I am uh, privileged to be a new adjunct uh, lecturer at Northwestern University. And Northwestern has created this software or this um, prompt, I'll say, that's called Discussion Hero. And I'm using it in my class. And what it does is it assigns students to both sides of the argument. So one is assigned to be the hero. One is assigned to be a villain. It doesn't matter how you feel about the topic, right? And so it forces you, and that's why I think I'm using it, to listen to the other side, uh, which it makes me think about politics and think about all that we are arguing about. Um, you know, everybody's not crazy. Everybody's not out of control. Are we really listening to what people are saying? And I want to know, you know, how do you think the human race would be if we all listened to each other? My goodness. And how, heard each, you know, and... That's a wonderful question. That's a, a very deep question. Well, you know, we introverts are deep. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) How would the human race be different? The way I think the human race would be different is that we would be more human if we took the time to really listen. I love what you shared, and I appreciate your having shared it about how you're teaching the course at Northwestern and that you, um, using the software, you assign your students to the different categories of hero, villain, and it really does not matter which side. Mm -mm. The larger lesson is being able to uh, step into the other side. Exactly. And hear what the other perspective is. I love that because that's what listening calls us forth towards, is to be able to try to enter into another person's world and see that world from their point of view in terms of how they see the world. When I was in law school, I recall a a, a wonderful exercise that um, all first years were required to do. It was time for our oral arguments. And so we would de- debate another student based on a legal case. Okay. All right. And we would either be on the defense side or we would be on the prosecutor side. But here's the point. 
we were not told which side we'd be on until the moment right before the judge called the court in session. I love that. Hence, we were forced to learn both sides. And prepare and, and be ready to articulate and argue. I love that. Absolutely. And so that I did not realize, but I, but looking back, I realize even more now, was helping me prepare for the work I would be doing in terms of going into organizations, working with communities in enhancing listening skills. And, and that's empathy, being able to just see another point of view. We live right now in very polarizing times. We, yes. And sometimes I go into circles and we address polarizing topics. Okay. And one of the things I share with audiences is just because you change your perspective, meaning how you see things, how you see the world, doesn't mean you have to change your position. Right. But at least allow yourself to see a different perspective. That's listening. Um, and that can be taught. And that can be taught. Listening is a teachable skill. It's a learnable skill. It's a coachable skill. It's a doable skill. It's a, it's one of the greatest skills that's not taught. And also empathy, which sound you know, you think empathy can be taught as well? Yes, and listening is the bridge to that empathy. It's the conduit to understanding a different perspective. Like right now, I... I I have to say, I really appreciate how you're listening to me as I'm sharing with you my background, and my learning. story. And I'm learning. And learning. Okay, so let's take this to the workplace. What if we were better listeners in the I, workplace? What better, if your boss really heard you? What if me as an administrator, what if I really heard my team? What if our president really heard the students in all of these um, higher ed environment? What would that mean? What could happen? What could we accomplish? I think Dr. King speaks to that. And we just celebrated uh, Dr. King's birthday. He said something that to this day sticks with me. Dr. King said that riots are the language of the unheard. Ooh. And then an another uh, philosopher, uh, uh, professor comes to my mind is a uh, William James, the founder of modern-day psychology, William James said that the deepest craving of the human soul is to be understood. The deepest craving of your employee is to be understood. The deepest craving of your student is to be understood. The deepest craving of your partner or your spouse to be understood. The deepest craving of your constituents as a politician is to be understood. It's innate within us. We hunger for it. We thirst to be understood. And so understanding that and then parlaying it into systems in the workplace that allow individuals to be heard, I think it goes a long way. You're speaking to the choir. <laughs> and let's jump right into diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And, and you know, 
I think this fits right in there. So let's talk about that as well. And that's also one of your roles, right, at St. Ignatius College Prep, where I went to high school. Shout out to St. Ignatius. But tell us about how this all ties into diversity, equity, inclusion, and specifically belonging. Oh, yes, by all means. Well, when we consider the fact that diversity is an appreciation of our commonalities and our differences, it's both and. It is, isn't it? It's recognizing, appreciating the fact that you and I, we're common. We're human beings. At the same time, we have a lot of difference. Difference in perspective, where we grew up, where we're from, how we like to wear different clothes, the cars we drive. That's diversity. That's amazing. But here's the thing about diversity. Diversity by itself makes no difference. It's just the fact. It's just the fact that we're different. It's just the fact that we also have commonalities. How do we make the most of our diversity? We come together through inclusion. Now, let me keep this uh, in the realm of listening. Everybody has a voice, commonality. We all have a voice, generally speaking, unless there may be a, a disability, for example. That voice is unique to everyone. That's the diversity. Being able to hear and listen to those unique voices, that's the inclusion. Being able to hear that voice and identify what might be some obstacles, what might be some impediments, what might be some systemic or structural things that are blocking that unique voice from being able to be expressed, that's the equity piece. Keeping in mind that everybody wants to be seen heard, listened to, and understood, and finding a way, the way this person likes to be seen, heard, listened to, and understood, and then seeking to meet that need, that's the belonging. That's asking the question, how do you like to be heard? And then taking the steps to hear this person the way they like to be heard. Diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. So, John, um, are you going to run for president of the United States? <laughs> I do not plan to. I would back your campaign. <laughs> I receive it. I, I wonder, um, you know, could we solve the world's problems if everyone learned to listen? I think we could. So, you need to run. I, I received that and I thank you. Uh, let me share something. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that we have right now peace talks sought to be had in the battle going on in Ukraine? Yes. Peace talks. I think we also need listen talks Ooh, as well, deep. right? So uh, we live in a world that's expressive oriented. We need a little bit more of the listen, listening orientation as well. Shout out to introverts who mm -hmm. may, we sometimes may tend to appear less expressive as we are compared to the more expressive extroverted personality. Um, and we need both, obviously. Yes. You know, we balance each other out. 
But I just have to give a shout out to introverts because I feel like many of us may have that um, that depth and that innate skill to listen and observe because in our quietness, it's more than just about us being quiet and all introverts are not quiet. But for many of us, that quiet is we are, you know, we are interpreting, we are processing, we are listening, we're looking at social cues and body language, and we're putting all of this together in our heads, you know, to paint this picture. Um, so just had to throw that um, shout out to introverts because, you know, we're perfect. Um, and so thank you for that. Uh, I you. also wanted to ask you about, um, we talked about the world, we talked about um you running for president and <laughs> talking about the workplace, but I wonder for human resource officers and um, people who are over, you know, the vice president of culture and, and all of these uh, titles like that in various organizations and corporations, I think that they have usually pretty tough jobs because they receive the complaints, they receive all of this, and I wonder um, how they could try to uh, curate a culture of listening. Uh, obviously, they need to see you um, and become a member of the society and come to a conference and all of that. But is there anything that you can share um, a tip uh, that might be helpful to not only HR professionals, but anyone who's in leadership and who manages people and manages teams? Mm, thank you for that question and setting it up so well. One of the things that um, comes to my mind is how there are certain organizations who are beginning to leverage the positive power of listening. Wonderful. Yeah. So, for example, I understand that um, Amazon, one of the things they do in their meetings is be when they come together in meetings. This is an article I read. I wish I could remember the article. Before jumping into the agenda. They do a minute or a few minutes of complete silence. What? Allowing everyone to settle themselves, clear their minds, and just listen to the space. So that in and of itself is one thing that can be done. Another thing that any of us can do in addition to a moment of silence is to slow down. I want to share something about Mr. Rogers. Yes. We call Mr. Rogers, yes, Mr. Rogers' course. Neighborhood. Of okay. course. On his television program, at the beginning of the show, there would always be a traffic signal. Yes. And the traffic, one of the lights in the traffic signal would be flashing. And do you know what color, which one would be flashing? I don't remember. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the one that would be flashing was the yellow, meaning it was a signal from Mr. Rogers, silent, subtle, but very strong, that it's time to slow, slow down. down. We can all slow down. And the more we slow down, the more we can listen to the person who's before us, listen to ourselves, and be able to listen to one another as a community, as a culture, as an organization. 
I love that. Thank you for that. And uh, we have to end this conversation right now, but we will continue it elsewhere. Tell us, for people who want to find out more information about the Lead Listening Institute and the Society, how they can find out information. By all means, you can go to our website. You can Google it, Lead Listening Institute. You can also go to Amazon. I've written a book entitled, I Want to Hear You, 22 Tips for Artful Listening. I also wrote a kid's book. It's called, I Can Listen and So Can You. Wrote these resources because there's so few resources out there, so few books on the positive power of effective listening. Love it. Thank you so much, John, for joining us today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode, and we'll see you next time.